Welcome to Patient Stories. My name is Dr. Bertrand Liang, and these are episodes about some remarkable people who I've met through the opportunity of being a physician. Rare things can beget rarer things. I met Mr. D when I was working at a military institution. He was a charming man and striking in that he was only about five feet tall, but almost 200 pounds, and thus, as he said, he most resembled a bowling ball. He was, to say the least, a loquacious individual with a quick wit and a sense of humor that very much not only made me laugh, but also threw me off my game in trying to systematically obtain the information I needed in order to evaluate why he needed to see me. Interestingly, even the referral consult warned me. It noted that I might have to have more than one visit to get to the bottom of his story. All I knew for sure was that the consult request had noted some aspect of a peripheral neuropathy, a nerve issue, that needed to be evaluated. At least, it was a start until I could focus more diligently around Mr. D's spontaneous stand-up routine. Mr. D had been a mechanic on naval ships for 20 years and progressively had moved up the ranks after starting as an enlisted soldier. He told me that he went into the Navy because you can't fall too high from a boat obviously referencing the Air Force, and I can still bounce even if I fall from deck. He noted to me that it has taken me years to build this body, and as much as you might envy me, it took work, too much for most men. It was somewhat hard, thus, to keep moving through each question of why he was seeing me, given the various interruptions and running commentary about himself, and pretty much anything else for that matter. Nonetheless, it was clear that many people respected him, given his rank as a chief petty officer, and he noted that he'd trained many boys who'd become men and moved to other boats with higher levels of responsibility themselves. Apparently, he tried to resist moving to a desk job as much as possible, but over the past couple of years, his rank had forced him into doing more, as he said it, behind the wood than in front of it. While he was certainly training others, both technically and to a certain extent, in leadership skills, he needed to have to be in an office much more than he liked or even wanted to, but noted, as a good soldier, we go where we're told, no matter what the mission. So he had started more and more to use my hindquarters and work more out of the office than directly with those under his tutelage. Since that time, he had noted that, very gradually, he started to have problems, especially at night, with pain for starting in his right arm and hand. Being right-handed, he also noted that he was weaker and that he couldn't take the lid off of a jar of peanut butter, which he noted is really frustrating when you need that midnight fluffernutter sandwich. This had only gotten worse in the past several weeks, making it very difficult for him to type and, to a certain extent, write with that hand. However. He also noted that over the past couple of weeks that it was clear that his left hand was also having problems with pain and weakness at night, but also early in the morning when he was making the Joe that makes us go, as he said. I asked him if he had any other pain or weakness, to which he denied, but noted, not many places left, huh, Doc? He also denied any smoking or even moderate alcohol use, as well as any family history of any neurologic disorders. His examination was remarkable for weakness, but only of the muscles associated with the ulnar nerves, both left and right. There was also a definite decrease in his ability to perceive pinprick up to the elbow on the right, 
and in the fourth and fifth th fingers on the left. His reflexes were also decreased in both arms and to a lesser extent in both legs, although strength and sensation were normal in his lower extremities. So I was left with a bilateral focal nerve involvement and an otherwise asymptomatic individual. Well, Mr. D, I began after finishing his exam, wherein, of course, he interrupted me. I'll live, won't I, Doc? He said facetiously. Just barely, I nodded. But let me finish. You've got a couple of nerves that are affected pretty clearly. I'd like to get a test that will define more what's going on. While it could be something as simple as diabetes, it could also be something more complex as well. We need more information to help determine the next step. The patient was, was agreeable, and we scheduled an EMG and nerve conduction study for him, as well as a return visit. Interestingly enough, the diagnostic tests were very clear that Mr. G had evidence of a bilateral nerve involvement of the ulnar nerve at the elbow, right worse than left. And given that he wasn't really systemically ill, it was unlikely that he had an autoimmune disorder causing this. Nonetheless, I had the patient have more blood drawn to assess for both uncommon and rare things that might possibly cause his symptoms. I received a call from the outside laboratory later that week, and the person from the academic lab asked about the patient's history and symptoms, and then told me that Mr. D had a rare syndrome called hereditary neuropathy with liability to pressure palsy and had the uncommon mutation. Although I was familiar with the syndrome, I asked why a patient older than 35 years would be first diagnosed with this, and the lab director noted that this variant mutation could have a highly variable presentation, including no symptoms at all. I thanked him and immediately went to look up what I needed to do next. When the patient returned to my clinic, I informed him of the diagnosis and the fact that pressure on his elbows was causing pressure on the nerves and then subsequently his current symptoms and the fact that this was incredibly rare as well as the presentation at his age. Of course I'm special, he noted wryly. I gotta told you that. I tell everyone that. Now I know why. And then they laughed. We then went over his routine and given some recent reports on ulnar neuropathy that I'd seen, indeed found that Mr. D was leaning quite hard on his elbows when typing on the computer terminal. This is fantastic, he said. I can get a medical to get out from behind a desk. How funny, huh, Doc? I could only smile. Mr. D was going to get a disability away from a desk and back into the field. We treated Mr. D with conservative measures, with attention to potential compression points, and indeed recommended that he not have a keyboard if at all possible. He did end up back in the field, rounding about his charges with no doubt a trail of either frank or stifled laughter trailing behind. Thank you very much for joining me for Patient Stories. Be happy, be healthy, and find peace.